Right. All right, we're going to start off. Well, we're looking at movies. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Yeah, before we. Cheers. Yeah, hello. thanks for having me on. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're. I've got no choice. This contract done. Uh, now. That's what my mum says as well. Yep. <laughs> now, sharks. Yes. They're scary. Uh, they are. They can be. I mean, I've never been in a close relationship with one, but yep. um, yes, they certainly in movies. They are scary, and there was one movie about sharks out this week, so it's good that you queued it up in that way, otherwise it would have seemed a bit odd. Yeah. Um, it's British, too, this film, so... It is British, yes, yeah, so we can be proud of it. British the head sharks yeah, in well British done. water. I think the only... Uh, only think, in the Houses of Parliament. I think the only sharks you get is, is like, dogfish, and yeah. the occasional great white off of Cornwall that's lost. Um, but hey, the <laughs> Cornish great whites, they're not the, they're not the smartest. Um... Anyway, yes, 47 metres down. Um, this is new film, a uh, 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 shark-based B-movie thriller, uh, or uh, horror, I suppose. Uh, it uh, tells the story of two sisters called uh, Lisa and Kate, played by Mandy Moore and Claire Holt, respectively. Uh, they're on holiday in Mexico after Lisa has broken up with her boyfriend. He said that she was too boring, and so she wants to prove him and ultimately herself wrong by going on this big adventurous trip to Mexico. Enter into the this two young Mexican guys who entice them to come swimming with them and go swimming with sharks and the next thing they know they're on a scabby old saucy sue type motorboat um, with captains by Matthew Modine and being lowered into a rusting cage into the shark infested waters things obviously don't go quite to plan and they end up 47 meters down so went into this with no expectations whatsoever hadn't seen any trailers hadn't seen much about it at all i think i'd read a review uh, i watched a online review a couple of months prior that was not positive but i couldn't really be sure um and it's all right it's good actually mm -hmm. um yeah, it, it starts off a bit oddly because this is directed by a guy called Johannes Roberts, who he he's directed a couple of uh, British B movies called Storage Twenty Four, Roadkill, and F. Uh, but it's not that the film begins with a big title uh, shot, with, but it says Johannes Roberts forty seven meters down. You go, mate, you're not John Carpenter, all right? <laughs> put, put it back in your pants. Um, uh, but it's it for what it is, it's better than I expected. Um, but then I didn't have any expectations. It's eighty nine minutes. It's a lean, mean uh, shark movie. I mean, it, it's got. I mean, what else can <laughs> you say? Good. It's a movie with two women in a cage underwater uh, and some sharks. But that, in a way, is is kind of its virtue because you start off and the, there's all this set up for, to get them into the cage and into the thing but once they're actually stuck at the bottom of the ocean it stays there like you don't there's no cutaway to the surface you don't get any you know the, the audience isn't given that time to breathe and whilst it may not be the best horror shark horror movie I kind of liked that it had the courage of its convictions you stayed down there all you hear is occasionally they swim a little bit further to get some sort of radio contact with the boat and then otherwise that's it and so you have these what, what is quite nice I thought was that you have these um, or, or very well done was these shots where you've just got these women swimming just alone in this blue murkiness and mm. you can't see mm. anything either side and it really gave you a, a nice sense of sort of that helplessness and not being able to know where the sharks were there's a lot of sort of first person stuff and they have to go out and grab stuff to um you know help them get to the surf get back to the surface or get some oxygen tanks or whatever and there's these long sequences where you're they're swimming around in the blueness and you can't you, you don't know where the sharks are, you don't know when they're going to attack. 
and that was well done. I liked that. I thought Mandy Moore and uh, Claire Holt did a good job. Uh, it's not, again, not the most well-written thing in the world and not the most well-acted thing in the world, but for what it was, perfectly good, you know? I mean, obviously, the, the, the film that towers over all this whole subgenre is Jaws, and... Yeah. One thing you can say it does like Jaws is that exactly that of stranding the characters because of course once Quint, Hooper, and Brody get out on the boat to go and hunt the shark, of um, the the whole conceit is you can't see the land. The the, the visual um, technique of it is that you don't see any land around them. They are stranded and you are stranded with them. And this sort of does the same thing. And I liked that very much. Um, it's dumb and overly coincidental, but it doesn't it, it doesn't tip the mood. It doesn't derail the film. Um, and yeah, I thought it was good. I, um, I have three questions. Yep. Uh, obviously, they have some kind of head mask on where they can communicate with each other. Yep. Yeah. Um, oh, I had other questions, but the other drops. Um, All right. Okay. No, it's no. Oh, the other one is how do they get five million dollars to make this film, and then how do they make forty eight million dollars off the back of it? Um, Who goes to these films? Like, people like to oh, watch shark movies. I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> people. Um, you know, some people have um, uh, distant memories of jaw Jaws, and they go, "Well, maybe it'll be Jaws." And some people have distant memories of Deep Blue Sea, and they go, "Maybe it won't be Deep, Deep Blue, Blue Sea." sea. Um, hey, Samuel Jackson, man, it yeah. is amazing <laughs> in that film. Um, but um, yeah, well, I'm, to be honest, I was kind of part, partly I was kind of surprised that they made it for five mil because I would have thought doing this sort of thing would be very, very expensive. And look, the, the sharks are CGI sharks, but there's. I don't know, that didn't bother me too much. And some of the scares are quite well done. I mean, I, I, I was, you know, there were moments where I jumped legitimately, was, uh, you know, um, unsettled. And so I was impressed by it. I mean, it was, you know, it's, it's three stars. I mean, it's good. It is no more than good, but it is good. Credit where credit's due. Can you do me a favour? Yeah. I've just, off the back of, of, of looking at this film, Yeah. I found another film, and I want you to review it. Oh, God. It's called 12 Feet Deep. <laughs> And it's inspired by true. No, it's inspired by true events. Right. Uh, two sisters are trapped under a fiberglass cover of an Olympic-sized swimming pool and must brave the cold and each other to survive a harrowing night. That sounds so good. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve, Twelve feet. feet. <laughs> That's going to be the next one's going to be paddling pool. <laughs> Pud puddle. <laughs> puddle. Timmy yeah. tripped over the and puddle. He, and he can't get his face out of the puddle. He's got two. He fell over. Got two dead arms. Yeah. What's he gonna do? To Dave survive? Smith's The Puddle. <laughs> all right, let's move on. But that's right. amazing. Uh, yeah, all right. Well, I'll try and seek out twelve <laughs> feet deep. Keep, keep, keep watch this space. It was released uh, just um, two weeks ago. So two weeks ago. Oh, it may take a while to get a hold of, but uh, twelve feet deep. That's <laughs> what a rubbish title. Uh, oh, actually, well, I mean, that, uh, there we go, that cues us up quite nicely, because going from rubbish titles to actually really good titles, Atomic Blonde. Let's, um, which, it took me uh, two watches of the trailer to actually get that, um, but, uh, which is uh, tragic. This <laughs> new action uh, thriller starring Charlize Theron, starring and produced by uh, Charlize Theron, oh, set yes. in Berlin, 1989, just uh, just before the fall of the Berlin Wall. British intelligence officer is killed uh, uh, by a KGB agent who seizes his watch, which contains a list of every spy active in the Soviet Union. Lorraine Broughton, Charlize Theron, top MI6 agent, is brought in to investigate and go undercover amidst the mass demonstrations which are building up prior to the fall of uh, the wall 
and with help from feral agent David Percival, played by James McAvoy, uh, with um, Lorraine is tasked with seeking out the list and also a Stasi agent called Spyglass, who has memorised the list and hopes to bargain with that so he and his family can defect to the West. Up against her are basically the full force of the KGB, uh, the Stasi, and a British double agent called Satchel. So cue much action and suspense and neon. And uh, really, really good. Really good. Um, it's it's very very stylish film. It's very uh, well. I mean, the, the first first things first. Uh, one thing they don't really sell you in the trailer is that it's a uh, is that it's very much like a. It's it's kind of halfway between John Wick and Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Oh, it's yeah. as much a Cold War spy thriller as it is an action. Uh, you know, an honest to goodness action movie. And it does try to do both of those. And I I admired that it was trying to be. It was trying to be the best it could at both of those. I think possibly it sort of um, <laughs> for want of a better phrase overshoots its load. But um, it's uh, but but I liked that it was going to those places. That it was it was trying to be all things to all people. I think I need to go back and see it again because I was so not expecting the twisty, turny, um, Cold War thriller part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't invest quite as much as I should have. Although trying to write the synopsis, I was like, oh, wow, that was <laughs> quite, that was quite hard to keep up with. So I'm pleased with myself that I did uh, do that as much as I did. Um, it, so yes, it stars Charlize Theron, James McAvoy, John Goodman, Toby Jones, Sevilla Boutella, who was in The mm -hmm. Mummy. She's yep. much better here. Yep. Uh, Eddie Marzan and Till Schweiger. Um, who all equipped themselves very well. It's directed by David Leach. I mean, I mentioned John Wick earlier. David Leach is one of the co-directors of the first John Wick. Obviously, there was Ch Chad Stahelski who went on to make John Wick Chapter 2, which I very much liked. And this is, yeah, this this is very much in that vein. It's it's super stylish. It has to be I think I've already used the word stylish already, but um, um, uh, and as I said, there's a lot of neon in this. It's a lot of fil a lot of scenes drenched in neon. I mean, I, the thing I'd started to suspect, and this is kind of confirming my belief a bit, is that one director who is really put an imprint on the look of this particular decade that we're watching films in now is Nicholas Winding Refn. I've watched a few films now and I'm mm. thinking, wow, mm. that movie would not look like that were it not for Only God Forgives or Drive or The Neon Demon. I mean, he really has in his own way. And people are very derisive about his films, but it seems to me he's made his own imprint on the, on the way things look now. I mean, there are so many scenes in which, you know, people are just drenched in blue and pink and green. And I, I like that... Um, the it starts off the opening credits come up and it's like a, it's like an old computer screen and it's old computer type and it gives you this very serious sort of 1989 the Berlin Wall was was uh, you know build up and the Soviets and East and West and blah 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 <laughs> and then this uh, and then this day glow green aerosol paint goes over crosses it out and then this is not that story and then bang you're into it and you're watching <laughs> this uh, and um, yeah so uh, I. Uh, it was, it's very impressive. It's very enjoyable. Charlize Theron clearly is giving her absolute all into it. As you say, she was a producer, and apparently she's been with yeah. this project for about five years, and it was Mad Max Fury Road that really got this one, got the ball rolling on this one. It's based on uh, a comic book called The Coldest City, um, which I haven't read because I've read almost no comic books. Um, but it's, yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting one. And I like that... 
this decade really has given the action genre a kick up the arse. Yeah. I mean, obviously you had the Bourne films in the last decade that really were sort of setting a new template, but now also you've got The Raid, and the I Reds. think the films of Edgar Wright, and, you know, there's just been a general... Uh, people have realised we need to up the anti-action genre is a really great genre, and we need to, you know, um, pick it up. Pick up, pick the game up. Obviously, mm. Mad Max has been a big uh, yeah. influence on that what as well. What about... Um, the last decade and a half of Bond compared to the 90s. <laughs> like, yeah, it's really yeah. picked up too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, much like, like, Just in terms of story. Like, it's always had the action, but it's brought in a good kind of narrative and... Uh, and uh, oh, I, think, a, I think just in terms of everything when it comes to the action uh, action films, it's up the end. It, it's, it, they've picked their game up. You've got better stuntmen, um, or at least stunt people are beginning to appreciate stunt, uh, stunt work as a proper... Uh, significant art form in its own yeah. right and also a really really important part of action filmmaking see what you're not getting is a lot people are got fed up I think I mean funnily enough I think it was the Bourne films wonderful though they are and I think they are really great that it was that shaky cam handheld mm. darting around which I love in the Bourne films and I think Paul Greengrass really really does that well um but there were so many terrible imitators who were just using it to cut around not having the actors doing this and that yeah. and blah 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 and using sound effects to subtle to stand in for actual stunts people got fed up with that so then all of a sudden you get all these uh, ones that come along where like the raid where you're seeing the stunts happening in front of you or that German film from a couple of years ago Victoria in which it was an action film all done in one shot you know so it's People were craving that, and I think there will come a tipping point where people are like, "Ah, oh, we need we need to move on." Yeah. But for what this is, I mean, in this film, Atomic Blonde has a really fantastic one take fight scene in it, which really is quite brutal and breathtaking. It goes on forever down this staircase and into various rooms in this high rise. Um, and uh, so, and obviously, David Leach was a one time stuntman, so he knows what he's doing. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And. And again, nice to see you've got Charlies that are on. It's that payoff, you know, they do the fight scene and then a big close-up on the face. But you want to see that because you want to know that the actor has done that, they've yeah. gone there. Yeah. Um, and also, actually, there's an interesting one, There's because it's told in a flashback structure, shall we start with Charlies that are on after the mission? It's got one of the most interesting uses of frontal nudity I've ever seen, because she comes out of a bath full of ice cubes, and you, you're not focused... It's brilliantly done because you're not focusing on the fact that it's Charlies that are on in the bath. What it is, is she's covered from head to foot in bruises and cuts and scars. And you're going, my good God almighty, what has she done? And that really go makes you go, I yeah. want to see what happened. So, um, on the whole, very impressive. I don't think that it's entirely successful with, um, um, with all the directions it's trying to go in. But uh, the fact that it was trying to go there, it really seemed like the people really wanted to make a great film. I just really, really liked it. All right, worth a look. Worth a look. Mm, absolutely. Um, just a quick question. Um, Sam uh, Shepard. Yes, he's passed on. Yes. Very sad to hear. I mean, last just a couple of weeks ago, we had George Romero had uh, died and Sam Shepard now, and he's... One of those, um, one of those people who I didn't appreciate till late on, quite the breadth of what he did. I mean, I had no idea he'd written Paris, Texas, yeah. and he was a playwright in his own right. I'd known him as an, an actor, amazing an playwright, actor. yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Um, uh, and he, he was always, a, he was, he was always one of those actors you just thought if he turned up, you just go, oh, we're fine. He's in this. Yeah. You know, if, if nothing else, this will be worth it for him. Yeah. And uh, and very often that makes it sound it reminds like. Reminds me uh, of Ed Harris. 
Yes, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was an actor like that, and it, it was always very. He was. He had that old school sort of tough grit and uh, and and hard scrabble kind of um, personality to him. But he mm-hmm. was always there was always class underneath that. And, yeah. And, um, which I know that all sounds a bit sort of snobby, but I think that was there, you know, and, and always worth watching. And if you want to see a really great film with Sam Shepard in, check out Terence Malick's Days of Heaven. I'm not a big Terence Malick fan, but Days of Heaven is wonderful, and Sam Shepard is really wonderful in it. Surprisingly vulnerable, as I say, he was usually the hard man. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. vulnerable yeah. in that film. And, um, uh, wonderful. Also, Mud with Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. Sam Shepard does a wonderful sporting role in that. That's. No, it's not the gold mining one. What the hell? No, that was gold. Um, yeah. The. Mud is it's the, one the mud he, mining one. The one where he plays a character called Mud, and the two kids find him living on an island oh. in the Mississippi River. It's not about Ebbsford. Uh, moving on. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> go back there. Not on air. You just could be could be controversial. BSA complaints. Uh, thank you so much, Simon. Always Tips. a pleasure. I'll see you again next week. Yes. Uh, go check out both those films. I, I guess uh, forty-seven meters down. If you've got nothing better to do with your life, uh, and if you want to go see a really good action, go check uh, out Atomic film. Blonde. Yeah, go check out Atomic oh, Blonde. Oh, another thing we should just very quickly mention: reading. I noticed this morning. Go check out the reading website. There's if you've got kids, there's a Disney Princesses Festival happening sometime uh, next month. I've forgotten the dates, but oh, brilliant. Uh, yeah, brilliant. All right, cheers, mate. See you again next week. Cheers. No.